So, before starting, I want to apologize for the very long delay. I'm terribly sorry. I've got my first events projects this year and really wanted to focus on them for a moment. That being said, I'm hoping to jump back in to do more podcasting and to publish my episodes on a regular basis. Thanks for your understanding and please enjoy the show. Hey, my name is Tatiana and this is Eventually. You're listening to a podcast about changes that need to be done in the corporate events industry. Episode 2, The Drinking Culture in Corporate Events. Today, we're having the real talk. We're talking about the drinking culture in corporate events. Personally speaking, I enjoy drinking. I'm a huge fan of craft beers and organic wines. We do have a wide selection of quality products in Quebec. So why making an episode about it as if there's an issue when drinking? Well, that's because there are several issues related to drinking with other colleagues, such as the social pressure of drinking in a corporate party, the lack of non-alcoholic drinks in a menu, the food and drinks not so well balanced, drinking excessively, and so on. I'm not against the drinking culture, but still want to explore other ways of gathering people together. I think there's so much to learn about drinking with people and think most importantly is to develop a better understanding before organizing the party. So let's start with some interesting facts about the drinking culture in Montreal City. CROP, the marketing and opinion polls since 1965, has conducted a research in 2019 for Educalcool, an independent organization that informs Quebecers about alcohol consumption and encourages moderation. Results have shown that 53% of all Montrealers confirm drinking alcohol at least once a week. I should be the last person judging because I'm a Montrealer who consumes at least three drinks per week. And as I mentioned previously, I can enjoy a pint of IPA after a long day at work. But it's important for me to know what I am getting into when digesting alcohol in my system. Therefore, knowing the impact that could have in my body and my mind helps me to take the best decisions when drinking alone or with friends, with family members or with co-workers. This is the simple goal of today's episode. Simply developing a better understanding in order to take the decisions that you won't regret afterwards. Either you drink or not, I think it's still worth to know. Okay, so let's say that you're in a casual 5 set organized by your employer. No one is wearing a suit, nor talking about deadlines, and they all seem to have a pretty good time. There is no corporate setting. You're drinking and probably wondering if it's okay to take tequila shots with your peers. While your circle of people are having a few giggles and chatting away between songs. Is it actually the end of the world getting just a bit loosey-goosey? No, it would be a total lie if I said this never ever happened to me in the past. But, 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 there is a but. I don't do it anymore and I don't recommend it. Exceeding a certain amount of alcohol leads to consequences. Some of them can seem harmless and others serious. They can have a true negative impact on your body, on your mind, and on other people. We all know that drinking excessively can make you ill and give you the worst hangover. 
It can make you do things that are embarrassing to you and maybe to other coworkers. It can also influence your behavior and depending on what you do while being drunk might have consequences in your workplace. I do want to highlight this part several times. When you are in a party, it's your responsibility to keep yourself and other peers safe. And no matter what happens before, during, and after the event organized by the company, you must know that your drinking is no excuse for criminal behavior. Sylvia Thumbs, a holistic nutrition practitioner, does entail the effects of alcohol. So when the balance between alcohol and how much we've eaten um, isn't right, alcohol can affect us in a lot of ways um, in our body and our mind. So first, it's important to understand how alcohol is absorbed. So it's absorbed a little bit through our mouth as well as in our stomach. And then mostly the absorption is in the small intestine. So the majority of the absorption will be happening there. So when we eat, there's something in our stomach. So that will just slow the absorption of the alcohol because the food kind of dilutes the alcohol and then it will prevent it from hitting the small intestine as quickly. And there are a few different factors that can affect how quickly the alcohol is absorbed as well because it's a little bit different for everyone. So people who are in smaller bodies, people who are younger, and women in general, um, it will kind of hit us a little bit faster. So the absorption will, will happen more quickly and the effects can be more pronounced. And then um, in those who have a larger body, those who are older and men, it will typically um, absorb a little bit more slowly. So the effects of alcohol, as we know, you know, are just an inability to um, think as quickly. It can affect our ability to process, to reason, to control our movements and our coordination. And it can also affect our um, digestion, so it can lead to vomiting, it can lead to upset stomach, um, it can also lead to dehydration, low blood sugar, and of course it can lead to hangovers. So the more alcohol we drink and the quicker that we drink it, the quicker that it's absorbed, um, just the more we will experience these undesirable effects. So it's really important that um, we do have food in our stomach if we are going to drink. My first job after school was in a tech startup. I remember attending the first Christmas party and looking back while well, as an event planner, I realized a number of things that just went completely wrong. I remember that we were invited for dinner at the venue and there were small platters of charcuterie and cheese, but like it wasn't enough to feed for a group of 100 employees and it was supposed to be our meal course. At the start, you would have two coupons for free drinks, but later that night, it became an open bar. We did have a lot of shots, not enough water though. And yes, there were heavy late night snacks, such as mac and cheese, but most of the employees didn't have a taste because the party was coming to an end and they were already gone by the time food was served. I think it was served at 1 a.m. I mean, I really did have a good time with my peers, um, at the party, and it's not uncommon to host a corporate young party and to celebrate all together, but I believe there's room for improvement in order to experience something healthier and safer. 
So for an event where alcohol is being served, there are a few things that I think are really important to make sure that people can enjoy alcohol um, in a safe way and kind of avoid the, the unpleasant side effects of drinking if they are choosing to drink. So it's really important that at the event there is food available. So if there is gonna be you know, drinking, maybe an open bar, it's really, really important that food is being served. So the food that's being served, it is really important that this is kind of a, a complete meal. So we don't wanna just um, rely on passing around hors d'oeuvres or just like little finger foods. We wanna make sure that a full meal is served. So a full meal we think about are three macronutrients. So that's protein, carbs, and fats. So we wanna make sure that we have a balance of all of these things and that we have it in enough of a, you know, a quantity that people feel satisfied they've had a full meal so that their stomach is full and then when they are drinking, there's some, some food in the stomach to kind of prevent that really quick absorption of alcohol. So if we are gonna eat, I also would recommend um, not eating you know, a lot of sugar or desserts, especially if the, the sugar or dessert is the only thing that you're eating with the alcohol. So as, as I said, we wanna have a balance of our macronutrients, so those protein, carbs, and fats. Um, we don't wanna have you know, just a missing you know, food group or a missing macronutrient because, um, for example, if we just have sugar with the alcohol, the alcohol is really high in sugar as well, so this can lead to a spike of our blood sugar and then a crash, which can lead to kind of feelings of shakiness, dizziness, can lead to you know worsening of that hungover feeling the next day. So we really want to make sure we have you know a balanced meal. So some examples of you know a balanced meal for for people to eat could be you know you know salmon and rice with veggies, or it could be hamburger, you know, with some some veggies on it with um, meat and with bread. So that would be another balance. Maybe you want um, tofu with um, noodles and veggies. You just want to make sure that there's something available for people that have different dietary needs, but also that kind of hits those three macronutrients for everyone. The other thing that's really important is that there is water available so that people can stay hydrated. So it's really important that there's water easily accessible so that people can have a drink um, of water when they are drinking alcohol if they choose to drink alcohol. So because alcohol is so dehydrating, I recommend having one drink of water for every alcoholic drink that you drink. So sometimes that can be a little bit hard to do at a party. You don't want to go um, up to the bartender to ask for water. They're really busy. So one way that a company can make sure people have access to water could be just providing you know, water jugs or stations with self-service um, water available so that people can just go and get the water whenever they would like to. And having those, you know, easily accessible around the venue can also kind of remind people because they'll see the water there. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have a drink of water as well. There are other tips for organizing an event where it serves alcohol. Well, first of all, you shouldn't make alcohol as the main reason to attend your work event because 
no matter what type of event you organize, whether it is a team building session, a happy hour, a product lunch, or a Christmas party, the event must remain professional. I strongly believe that there are different alternatives to make people feel at ease without a sip of alcohol. Serving alcohol is an easy task to do, but it isn't efficient for the long run, especially if it is the only one thing that will motivate your people to attend the event. This means when organizing an event for you and your team, it will require more time and more energy to find alternatives, but the results will pay off the hard work. Your employees will see the effort that you've put in. When making an effort, you'll be expecting a safer environment. Your team members will be interacting and concentrating on any types of conversations, whether they are casual, fun, or serious. They will also notice other important aspects of the event, and you'll be able to reach your event targets and objectives if there are any. Another tip would be to avoid having an open bar. In some work events, yes, the open bar concept has been a success, but you don't know when and how this can be out of your control. There is no point of risking it, so I strongly recommend you to offer one or two free drinking coupons per person, and after that, they will need to purchase their own drinks. In this scenario, they will tend to drink less. And you can also limit the time for serving alcohol. And finally, own it. If you're the event organizer, take ownership. You're responsible to plan an alcohol-safe event. Do whatever it takes to notify your employees about bad behavior before the event by giving a quick speech during work hours and handing them a clear document about severe consequences if there is alcohol abuse. This may sound horrifying, but communication is key. It is key if you want to have proper fun, if you really want to create a memorable time with the people who represent your company, if you do care for your team, and if you really want to have a stellar culture organization, you got to go with safety first. Okay, so people who drink should not feel guilty of drinking during a corporate party where the party does offer alcoholic drinks, obviously. It is okay as long as your drinking is responsible, it doesn't have an immediate effect on you, on your body, and on your mind, but also on someone else's, someone who drinks with you or someone who doesn't drink at all. So what's up with the ones who don't drink? What happens when we don't accommodate their needs? Why is it important to include them? I've asked two voice actors to interpret a scene of the everyday life in the events industry. It may sound just a tiny exaggerated, but please take note that my aim is to send a clear message and also, I've managed this recording project a few months ago during the pandemic. But it does summarize what I've been exposed to a few years back when I was an event coordinator for bigger agencies. Great. I should probably go get myself a drink. feel a bit weird being the only person here not holding a glass. I just hope the bartender won't judge me. Wow, there's so many people at the bar. So intimidating. All right, here we go. Hey, what can I get for you? Uh, hi, do you have a drink menu that I could look at by any chance? No, sorry. Uh, we do have a wide selection of wines, beers, and spirits. Is there something in particular that you're looking for? Um, okay. Do you serve any non-alcoholic drinks? Drinks without alcohol. Yeah. I know it's weird. Sure. We do have Coca-Cola, orange juice, and water. 
Wow, so many choices. I guess I'm in for a treat. Oh, uh, is that all you have? Uh, would it be possible maybe to have like a special drink without the spirits, like a mocktail, something that looks like a real drink? Oh, you mean a Shirley Temple or a Kool-Aid? No, sorry. Wow, what am I, six? This is so rude. Okay, well, um, I guess then I'll just take a glass of water in that case. Hey, what can I get for you? Sure, I can definitely get you a pint of IPA. <laughs> yeah, the bartender seems quite intense in this recording. I admit that I rarely stumble across someone like that, but feeling pressured and uncomfortable because you don't want to drink alcohol, but you're forced to attend an event where it just serves alcoholic drinks. Yeah, this type of situation is realistic to me because it did happen to me before. I'm not sober, but there are times where I'm not in the mood for consuming alcohol during an event. I used to work in different companies and whenever there was a corporate party and I decided to not drink, I felt like I needed to justify my reason to other people who were drinking. The last impression I wanted to give was either I had alcohol addiction or I was just not a cool or fun person who was just focused on work. There were times where I felt that social pressure. I can't imagine for those who are sober and must attend happy hours and work celebrations because maybe that's how they feel all the time. Here's my second guest, Evelyn from Sobre et Branché, an organization that offers a space to explore without judgment your relationship with alcohol, is definitely an expert in this topic and can explain you the challenges that sober employees must face when attending a corporate party. A lot of sober people uh, simply avoid a work-related function where alcohol is served simply because they, they feel like it's not their place. Uh, they can uh, become frustrated, though, because they feel like they can miss opportunities, they don't create a bond with other employees, and they can even be labeled as boring and not interested in the company. On the other hand, uh, sharing that they don't drink can end up with them being uh, stigmatized and put in the alcoholic category. You have to remember that people don't drink for a variety of reasons and it doesn't mean they have a problem. I personally feel uh, these employees should be celebrated and employers should make sure that they are included. So our first step is to make sure that there is always a fun non-alcoholic drink alternative at an event. Uh, the market has truly diversified in the last year and it's become much more easier to find fun products. Uh, having these options uh, can also appeal to other employees that might have temporary issues that prevent them from uh, wanting to drink. Either they have to drive or they have a presentation in the morning. Uh, certain companies also um, organize a happy hour without alcohol once in a while. Uh, it can be a, a really fun experience to find out uh, people's real personalities. In our societies, we sometimes forget that we don't need a drink to have fun, a fact that sober people are well aware of. Uh, I really feel that the mentalities are evolving uh, regarding alcohol in a work-related function, but there is still work to be done. 
uh, it's up to companies and even planners that to, to find uh, creative ways to include sober people and sober employees so that they feel a uh, part of the team. It is vital for your company to include all employees in your event, whether they drink or not. The last thing you want to do as a team leader is to have someone who feels like an outsider in your group. So each of your working individuals must feel they have their place in your organization. There are so many types of activities you can organize without involving alcohol. It can be learning how to cook fine cuisine in the woods with only camping materials, beach volleyball competition, improved course, introduction to bouldering or rock climbing, indoors or outdoors, DIY cosmetics or natural cleaning products, cycling tour in the city, wild picking in the forest with a professional, yoga retreat, and many more. Now, no matter what type of activity you organize, always make sure that this will correspond to your team's interests, values, and needs. Sometimes you just want to host something simple so people can focus on chatting rather than doing the activity, and that's completely fine. However, make sure to diversify your drinking menu and to find the right venue when hosting a happy hour. For instance, instead of booking a bar or a club, why not booking unique places such as independent cafes, hotel boutiques, old-fashioned libraries, or even art galleries? As Evelyn mentioned in her recording, we must make sure that there are fun and non-alcoholic drink alternatives during the event. Another thing to remember that not all companies might think about is that not everybody um, drinks for whatever reason. So I think it is important as well just to have drinks that are maybe not alcoholic drinks, maybe mocktails, maybe, you know, um, kombucha, something like soda, just some things for people that are not drinking as well, because sometimes there can be a pressure for people um, to drink in these situations when it's a big group and there's just a lot of a lot of alcohol being served. So I think it's it's nice and fair to have some fun non-alcoholic drinks for those who don't drink as well so that they can kind of, you know, have something fun and enjoy the party as well. Non-alcoholic drinks are trending in Canada and there are more and more microbreweries, wineries and spirits producers making alcohol-free products. This trend is becoming permanent as, according to studies, people are seeking at better drink options. Luke Chapman of Beer Canada has told CBC Montreal that sales in zero alcohol beer have increased by 50% in 2020 over the previous year. Maybe some of your employees are part of this increase. In Quebec, if we think about beer, there's Sober Carpenter, Bière Sans Alcool, Le Boquel, and other examples. I am a proud consumer of Bière Sans Alcool, and really, their products taste like beer. If we think about gin, we have Juniper in Quebec province and Lumet in BC. If you want to use mocktails, you can use the Monsieur Cocktail products based in Quebec. So there are so many choices nowadays. There is no excuse to not offer a variety of non-alcoholic drinks to your employees. I hope you've enjoyed the show. It is never easy for me to talk about taboo subjects, but it is important to have real open conversations so you're more than welcome to reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, on Instagram, or on Facebook if you have any questions, concerns, or comments.
Also, if you're looking for refreshing ideas for your next activity or happy hour, I can definitely send you a list of new activities or tasty non-alcoholic brands based in Canada. A very special thanks to our holistic nutrition practitioner, Sylvia Thoms, our founder of Sobre et Branché, Evelyne Dufour, our two voice actors who did an amazing job with the bartender and employee party scene, Kuzia and Ember. For more information about what our experts shared in this episode, you can reach out to me directly. I'm Tatiana, and thank you for listening eventually.